Welcome to the Invincible Podcast, probably the best superhero podcast in the universe. I'm your host, Ryan Sidoti. And I'm TJ Dewey. Now, this is a podcast based on Robert Kirkman's comic book, Invincible. It's written by Kirkman and created by himself, along with artists Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. For years, friends and I have discussed the story, the art, the world of Invincible, and we wanted to create a show in which we get to share these discussions and conversations with you. So, we wanted to start this off, since this is our first episode, really talking about what Invincible is. Like, well, you know, like, who is Invincible? Like, what's the comic book actually about? Right. And... Like, what would you do if you went up to somebody and tried describing Invincible to them? Like, wanted to actually tell them a little bit about it? I would tell them basically what the comic is about. It's about Mark Grayson. Starts out with him as a teenager. Mm. Uh, This takes place in a world where superheroes are a normal thing. Uh, he, Mark Grayson's father is one of the most popular superheroes he's on like, Earth. He's kind of like the Superman of their world. Exactly. And they even make jokes about how they're kind of... Very similar. Similar, yeah. Right. right. Um, this comic book is, is... It starts out with him getting his powers and, and kind of dealing with... Um, be, kind of making moves toward coming a superhero. Mm-hmm. Be, be, being in the shadow of... The world's greatest. greatness, yeah, exactly. Um, so now, currently, as we record this podcast, we're currently on issue one twenty six. So there's been quite a <laughs> yeah. That's all within the first issue. So a lot happens since then. But overall, the comic is is more about this teenager dealing with becoming a superhero meeting other superheroes and dealing with with that there's the world gets much bigger i mean the universe gets much bigger it just expands and expands and what started off being like him in high school and dealing with homework and girls suddenly became so much more and it follows him along through life through growing up and dealing with family and all his relationships and just life and disaster and in general as a superhero comic him having powers he can fly he's almost indestructible um but it it really plays into some very real topics too like relationships and family mm-hmm. it's, um, it's funny because i want to bring up like i mean well this is uh, a conversation for people who have read the comics we're about to jump into um you know we're going to talk a little bit about reboot today and um this is a conversation geared towards people who have read the comic, so go read the comic if you haven't read it. But it does, I mean, we don't have to shy away from saying those things. I mean, it deals with, you know, abortion, rape, um, a lot of death, uh, a lot, a of, lot really, of death, <laughs> a lot of really in, intense adult themes, but it gets more and more intense as it goes. One thing that I definitely like about this comic that I think differs from other comics is I'm also a. I'm also very heavy into the Batman comics, uh, DC comics, and one thing that I think that Invincible does is that it's not about Invincible being a superhero, it's about Mark Grayson being a superhero. It's about, like if you were to read the Batman comics, Batman is in his 
costume as Batman for most of every Batman comic that I that I read. Um, but this, this really does feel almost fifty fifty. I mean, yeah, you get a lot of, if not more, Mark. I feel I. I you think know. it varies throughout mm-hmm. this. It does tend to vary throughout the series. But Which I, is why it's a little bit more in, akin to, like, Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially early, like, high school Spider-Man. Especially in the beginning of the series. Yeah. I feel like the the beginning of the series feels very, very, like, ult- I compare it to Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It feels very modern, but it's, it's still an or- origin story. But once you get into it and the story really starts to pick up, it's just yeah. amazing. It's, it's awesome. But... Um, you're actually the one that introduced me to Invincible. When did we start reading it? When did you start reading it? Um, at the time we were all reading Walking Dead and we fell in love with that. And we were, when I first started reading Walking Dead, I, again, started with issue one and I think Walking Dead was in its early thirties, uh, issue wise. So I read issue one up into issue 30. Two thirty-three, and that's a lot of issues to read especially for me back then who didn't read a whole lot of comics at the time um it was a lot to process all at once so when i got done with that i wanted to keep it going so uh i didn't want to wait month to month so i decided to pick up another robert kirkman um comic that had even more issues and had been out even longer so i tried invincible and uh what happened with invincible was I started reading them through the paperbacks and the first paperback, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the second and third paperback, uh, I believe you and another friend of ours, Bill got two and three for me for my birthday. I forgot about that. And that's kind of what made me continue it. And by the end of that third paperback, I fell in love with this comic because that's when was it the third one? It was the third paperback where everything went down with Mark's dad. I always forget it was so far into it because, you know, Kirkman made a point to make, um, you know, everything that happened with Shane and Walking Dead happen much sooner. And I've, I've read something before where he talked about how you need to shake up the comic within the first, like, graphic novel. Otherwise, it doesn't really pick up fast enough. And, it, you know, it has, you know fear of you know not selling and you know going out of print and uh he didn't do that with invincible now did invincible come out first invincible came out first actually maybe he learned that's what that's what happened that's what i'm thinking i was going to say the same thing is that he i think he probably learned that from that because i don't think that invincible i mean i can i know that invincible did not did not take off the way that that walking dead did Mm -hmm. when walking dead first came out um but I forgot where I was going. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I was going to say something, too, and I forgot. We're, we were talking about you picking it up right when shit hit the fan with Nolan. I ended up reading Invincible and catching up on Invincible up to issue 41 was the first issue 41? that I owned. So Do I, you have 41? I have issue I, 41. I still have the first issue I bought, and that was 46. So I, we're actually pretty late into the game in terms of, you know, people that have jumped on since day one we weren't there day one i mean it was it was already a couple years into this comic by the time we started reading right but wow your you were, first you were, issue was 46 the first issue i bought was 46 so you know what i bet happened was i mean you bought 41 and then i started reading the trades right. your trades 
because you got you let me borrow all of your trades and then I went you know I loved them as soon as by the time I finished reading the trades and was all caught up it was issue 46 so I bought 46 and then st- I started getting the hardcovers right it was ironic too because issue 41 was the first issue that I bought and on the cover it said something like um it w- basically issue 41 was a comic for new readers yes. you could pick it up from it here like, basically it, it, it was like yeah. i didn't obviously i read all the yeah. issues before that but i just thought it was well, ironic that invincible's done that like four or yeah, five times since at then least. which you know makes me feel like they're just constantly striving to get more readers i actually like the fact that it's a um i i like lesser known things i i almost don't like when things get too big mm-hmm. um Walking Dead, for example, when that started to get bigger and bigger, you get the you get the fans that say that they were there from the beginning, but you know they weren't. Yeah. So, issue fifty came out for both Walking Dead and Invincible at the same time, didn't they? I remember being excited that both of them were coming out at the same time. Did they? Yeah. I don't really remember. Remember that. they had the matching covers and everything. No, no, no. Fifty didn't. Issue one hundred. Yes. Had the matching covers. Yes. Fifty was the. One of the, still one of the best covers in, in Invincible where he's standing over Cecil's body. Yep. Yeah. That's one of the best issues or the best covers. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Reboot. Um, now, there isn't going to be a new issue of Invincible until, uh, what was it, April 20th, I believe was the new issue. So we have a, it, what was a five-month break hiatus yeah so yeah. um we're kind of you know ramping up in this in this podcast what we're going to do is you know start talking about a little bit about uh reboot now uh and, you know when new issues come out we're going to be discussing those and we're going to talk about some all, all sorts of stuff invincible now what did you think of reboot did you i mean was it what you expected was it what you hoped yes and no it had its moments for sure uh it was reboot question mark and the question mark made me believe that it wasn't really going to be a reboot well we knew not right away but fairly early on that it was going to be a three-parter because as soon as we saw the first issue or first cover whether it was in our hands or online we saw that it was part one of three now would you have preferred it to be part one of six yes and I'll tell you why. The one thing, one of the things I didn't care about for reboot was it did go too fast. Now I understand that there are certain things that they can't drag on because we already know the story. We already know what, what happened. But being fans and knowing all of those issues month by month, like it was almost like we were waiting to see each, inter, you know, interaction with each character and like what would happen with the fight with his dad and everything like that. And it's like, oh no, it's over in a couple pages. Like that's done, right? That's that was that was my number one biggest issue with reboot was how quickly Nolan was just oh yeah I'm over it I'm good I I it felt rushed again I understand that it needed to because mm-hmm. you don't want us to drag that on because again we know the story but there are certain things that I felt like they that they could have done for example um, that entity that we don't know what it is, mm-hmm. showed up in his bedroom when he was crying because he didn't have Eve. It He just left. Um, oh, yeah, because he saw her with 
with Rex. Rex. Yeah. And he was crying in his bedroom. What had happened? What would have happened if that had kept going? Would Mark eventually break and be like, we end up together? So. So I guess we should talk a little bit about where is it going to go next? Um, One thing that I actually wanted to talk to you about, and I didn't tell you I was going to talk to you about this, but. How old is Oliver before reboot? Now, think about this. Better yet, how many times did did Mark disappear for a long period of time? Because, you know, there's the whole issue between him and Eve that he keeps leaving her. You know, there was an extended period of time where he left her for the... Um, issue 11. Which one was that? When he came back and uh, it was... I, I'm sorry, it was actually issue 10 that it happened. He came back and she broke up with him because she was tired of him leaving. 10? 110. 110. Okay. Sorry. I'm yes. like, what? Yes. Uh, Issue yeah. 110. Yes. Oh, no. That's what I'm ended with, with. Exactly. Her that was her final him. straw. Like, she's like, that's it. This is, you know. Right. What are some other times before that? He disappeared for the Voltramite War. I feel like Voltramite it keeps War. happening yeah. every time he leaves for a, for a long period of yeah. time. Yeah. He disappeared for the Voltramite War, in which he was in a coma or, you know, out for a really long time. Yeah. And then the other one with Robot, you know, where he pulled him to the other dimension. Those are the two that I think of were the biggest gaps in time. Yeah. Those I are mean, the two biggest deals. So, keeping those in mind, how long has Invincible been going on? Like, Mark graduated high school within the first, I want to say, 15, 20, oh, maybe not, maybe it was a little bit more than that. He was still in high school, and like, I'm trying to picture that cover of them throwing the, of their get graduation caps in the air, and his is much further. Yeah. I feel like that was maybe in the 40s. Issue 40s, in the 40s. Maybe. Um, Either way, I think, I since think you're then, probably right. All right, so since then, how much time has passed? How much time has passed in all of what we know of Mark's life? I feel like time goes by so differently. And so I think that Robert Kirkman can have 10 years go by in one issue, and you don't even think about it because it's the Invincible Universe. For example, mm-hmm. Reboot, how much time went by we saw his daughter. We do know that. Right. We do know that it was four years, I believe. Four or five years. But just with that alone, just with that alone, um, how many times has that happened that you you don't realize? But but that's what I'm saying. So maybe at the most, like, Oliver's, like, how old is Oliver? Is he three years old? Four years old? Has more than, I can't think of more than four years passing. Because Voltramite War, he was probably gone for eight months. Now, we're not, not counting... After reboot, we're talking before pre-reboot. pre-reboot. Was Oliver three, four years old? I definitely think more than four years. No way had passed, especially with the Voltramite War. I think he was gone a couple of years. No, because I think the time in which he went, well, no, the time he went um, with Angstrom Levy into that dimension, that was only like eight months, I think. Was it? Yeah, I mean, two of the longest times he was gone. Equals out to be about a year, year and a half, maybe. There might be some other ones that we can't really think of. Well, how long was he? No, when he was in the desert, that wasn't that long. That was only, I mean, he was only in the desert for probably a day or so. Right. Yeah. Um, so, Oliver. Now, I did have a point in bringing all this up. Oliver, maybe three, four years old in real time. We know that he grows really fast. Don't have the issue with me right now 
where the where it's either Cecil or the tutor actually says the rate in which he's growing. Um, but I remember being surprised that like there was a point. Remember he disappeared for a while and he was on he was with Alan forever. Right. And then we saw him again. and He was like a teenager. Yeah. And that was surprising. I think. And they said that his you know his his growth will slow down once he reaches around Mark's age. Right. Which is what they said. So. I think it's safe to say, no, well, first question. Do you think of Oliver as going to be visibly much older than Mark now that four years have passed? Or do you think it slowed down to the point where he's going to age almost normally on par with Mark now? He's going to look slightly older. Okay. I think he'll but be on par with... he's not going to look with... like Nolan. No. No, okay. no, no, no. That'd be interesting, It'll though. Be, it would be interesting, but no. He's, I mean, because they did say that it's going to slow. Yeah. And I understand that it's been four years, but it's going to, I think it's going to slow. They said that it's going to slow to the point where Mark is growing. Yeah. Grows that slow. Yeah. So I do, I think that he might look a little older. He might look about Mark's age, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little bit older than Mark, but nothing drastic. Yeah. So my original point for asking this question is before reboot, we were saying Oliver was maybe three, four ish years old. It's, that's crazy to me to think that our mark is only four years old older than when where he started i know i know it doesn't seem right but going off of this theory for a minute and we'll i'll research this some more maybe i'll have to reread everything again <laughs> but going off of this theory do you know where i'm going with this by the way no thrawn 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 is that his name thrag thrag why was he calling him thrawn who's I thrawn i don't know Thrawn. Thrawn is from something. Um, where I'm going with this, Thrag has an army of Olivers. And they're all Mark's age now. We didn't think about that. We haven't talked about that before. And there's another thing we haven't talked about before either. Is all the Voltramites on Earth probably have children who are mark's age now remember all of them are breeding except for anissa she was the only one that was having trouble finding a mate what makes you think that they're mark's age four years have passed right but they are not from telescria telescria oh they are humans you are right i am wrong voltramites you are right only only thrag's kids are going to be mark's age you're right so the other ones are going to be a bunch of four-year-olds right they're just going to yeah. So they, we still have time for that. So what I was what I was getting at and what I thought was coming a was a massive war. We just have a ton of we have a ton of Ultramites now. <laughs> no, we do one war, but we but and then they'll have another one. <laughs> so okay, do you like that? Yes. We, now how I many, do like that. How long I, how long ago did we you know so. The Voltramites were this master race. They were terrorizing the galaxy, and these were the the big evil to fear. And then we find out that there's only a few of them. And then we find out that, you know, there's the war, and they fight them off, and they kill them all except for one. And then we find out that no one's the leader of them, and that the Voltramites are actually going to stay on Earth and repopulate. And there's this big argument about whether or not they should even be allowed to be on Earth. And But they finally wiped them out, but then Thrag got away, and now there's more. I mean, did, it, did we just make a big circle? I mean, are we just back to square one? 
Kind of in a sense, but I do like it because I don't know what's think, going to happen with this. I know, I know, and I every time we say you know anything about the writing or you know where Kirkman's going with this, he always surprises us. He always makes it right. But it's just I, I thought about that, and, uh, and I was thinking about that earlier today. Where I'm really curious to how he how he handles that because Mark coming back to a world where there is an army of of Olivers essentially. Also, the last thing we saw of Thrag was him fighting Space Racer. Right. Four years ago, we saw him fighting Space Racer. I mean, I don't think we're going to get a flashback to that fight. Why do you think we saw that? There was definitely a point. I have no idea. I could not even think about it. I have a theory. What if Space Racer is bad now? What if Thrag recruited Space Racer somehow? Possibly. That'd be an interesting villain to go up against. Who knows how or what? It kind of seems a little... If that were to be true, it seems a little 70s Batman for me. Like, oh, the Joker's teamed up with Catwoman this year, this week. Like, No, but that's two uh, villains teaming up. That's if... I don't that's know if, if I like to film found, team ups. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and there really hasn't been much of that. I mean, in this... I don't know. But I will say that Thrag and Battle Beast was outrageously awesome. That what the whole fight? The fight. Dude, the, the, the fact, fact that, that it, it took kept, five issues. I loved that though. That was amazing. <laughs> I love How, that. It was like meanwhile, and there's just still fighting. It's just one page of an, of amazing artwork of of them just battling it out, and then it just goes back to the regular story. I I thought that was yeah. awesome. Yep. You okay with the end? Yeah. The conclusion of that? Yes. I think it I was, had to happen. I was more than okay with it because I'm not a fan of really either of those characters. So the fact that Kirkman took two characters that I really don't care too much about and made something, made an awesome scene that gradually lasted five issues was mm-hmm. amazing. Now, it did end with one issue. The final issue of that fight was only them, right? It didn't even go back to Earth. I want to say that final yeah. issue was just them. I think you're right. Do you think Thrag still has his uh, Battle Beast yes. skin? Yes, that is going to be iconic for him now. He's going to have it till he's done. Have it till yeah. the end? Yes, he will. I'd he okay should that. have it yeah. till the end. I agree. I agree. And and Otley loves Battle Beast. He's always talking about Battle right. Beast. So I would not be surprised if he, he stuck around. his favorite commission to do at Comic-Cons. Was it? It's his favorite commission of of his character. Yeah, yeah. What what did he say was number one? Wasn't number one Eve or something like that, or Invincible? And number two was Eve. Of what? Of most asked for? Yeah, he said somewhere at one point, and he uh, he always, he he joked about how um, he he wanted to draw Eve for people who asked her, just from the shoulders up, just to see the disappointment when he hands it to them. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um. So one thing, well. We didn't talk about, we planned on talking about your favorite issue and my favorite issue a little bit, just because this is our first episode and we wanted to give a little bit more, you know, about ourselves and, you know, while still talking about Invincible. What was your favorite issue? Now, I know you were mentioning 60 earlier. We brought it up earlier and my first thought was issue 60. That's not my favorite issue. Um... But the reason why I went there was because my favorite character, by far, is Rexplode. I love his 
origin, how he's cocky, but there's, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And issue 60, I believe the the exact thing that I said bringing up issue 60 was 60 is my favorite issue. Wait, no, it's not. Issue 60 might even be the my least favorite considering what happens in it. It's the issue that Rex Blode dies. What, what I love about that, about his death was the fact that out of everyone that died in that issue, he's the only one that actually really died and it stuck. And mm-hmm. he saved everybody. The how he did it was amazing. Um making taking his uh entire entire skeleton and and making it explode, I thought was an awesome idea. My favorite part about Rexplode's death was that it was almost swept under the rug. Right. There was, he had so such a little like I, I believe it was in the next issue or the end of that issue in which Mark's sitting next to like Britt and Donald and Cecil and Mark says something like, Oh well what about Rexplode? And Cecil says something like, you know, oh he's dead and then it just shows Mark like look to the side like, damn it. And then yeah. they just carry on. Yeah. Like and that was it. And, you would think that a death like that 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 Kirkman knew was gonna stick. Would have and how it went, how it happened. You would think that it would even be a full page of art or something. And it was just like, yeah, it was it was like a well, tall rectangle. It was something very very small. But not only that, but in a way that was that was Rex Rex's second death scene, right? So I think he, I well, he could have had his big, you know, splash page exit from the series. I actually think his death scene was better being that subtle, being like, I agree. that, that, I that agree. stab I, in the side right. as opposed to being this big, you know, huge battle beast level thing. Right. Especially because he already did have an amazing, quote, death scene right. with the Lizard League yeah. getting shot in the head and, and his hand bitten off. Like, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, my favorite comic, my favorite issue is issue oh yeah because 60 isn't your favorite issue it's we were not just talking about issue. your favorite character pretty right. much and... uh but that is why i brought up issue 60 was because it was the death of rex blode my favorite issue is um issue 33 and it is my favorite villain of the series mm-hmm. uh angstrom levy starts out I- issue 32 ended with everything being happy which is never a good sign did and it? Invincible walking home. Oh yeah, and seeing Angstrom Levy sitting nope. there with his mother. Nope. I think I, I think I'm gonna call you out on that. It was happy. Everything was great. He was in Africa with his girlfriend, and he got a phone call. Mm. And he picked yeah, and he picked up the um, yeah, he picked up the right. phone. You're right. And he flew and home. He just you're immediately. Right. You're absolutely right. Uh, and, he, and he flew into the door. Yeah. Uh, and Angstrom Levy was there sitting with. Uh, with the mother and the all of issue 33 was the fight and the what i loved about it it was Mm -hmm. it was the most unique fight i've ever seen in probably any movie comic anything and it was just invincible being transported to through different dimensions and what made it so awesome was that he was transported to all, all these different dimensions where all these different worlds he they touched on like he got transported to just very creative places. There's a Batman. There is a there's a <laughs> the, Gotham City one, uh, and then I, my favorite one is um, he's coming. He 
he goes through and there's a nod towards Spider-Man. Doc Ock. He bumps into Doc Ock. Right. And then when he comes back through, there mm-hmm. he there's a web attached to his back. As if he was... Pulling him back through. Yeah, as if, as if he was flung through. What? Now, that's my favorite individual issue because I love that fight scene. Their, mm-hmm. their banter back and forth was amazing. How pissed off Mark, Mark was, was getting, getting. more and more angry. more and more angry. What made... What made that issue even better was there was a spinoff issue from that issue. You have that, right? I do. Uh, it is um, Marvel Team-Ups issue 14, and it was written by Robert Kirkman mm-hmm. and Corey Walker. That's so cool. Or, uh, excuse me, illustrated by Corey mm-hmm. Walker. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's, it's like its own Invincible issue. Right, and it's Invincible gets transported to this dimension, and he's there for a while in New York City. Yeah. And uh, Spider-Man needs his help, and they team up. And it, it, it basically Doc. tells the story of what happened, what happened after he bumped he into Doc Ock and why he has that web attached to him. Right. It, it, everything to, like, it starts out with him, with Doc Ock, uh-huh. and it ends with, I believe, it's been a while since I've read the issue, but I think that the end was just some corny Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, Invincible made a joke and then, like, started flying away, and then... uh Spider-Man attached a web to his back. I believe, yeah. believe, believe it was something huh. similar to that. I need to reread that. I read it once a long time ago. But it was awesome. Your favorite issue. So, it, like you, it's a little tough. Like how six, issue 60 is your first instinct. My first instinct is conquest. And it's hard to As put... As it a, should be. Exactly. And it's hard to put a single issue on that because it was just... Unbelievable! Everything about it. He's, Destruction he's, he's and He's one chaos. of the best villains ever created. And Otley's art, especially with FCO's colors, unbelievable. The comic has never looked as good as it did during Conquest. As we're talking about favorites, I just want to slip this in here too. My favorite cover, my favorite oh. invincible, my favorite invincible, my favorite Ryan Otley thing ever in life <laughs> is the cover of issue 63 where uh, Invincible is in his blue blue and black suit and he's just bleeding to death. Just a total mess on the ground. His There's just rubble out. beneath him. Bones are sticking out. And I just wanted to make a point to say that you know what's funny Ryan is Otley is you, amazing. You, you brought up Conquest and you brought up covers. And I actually thought... You were going to say, I believe it's actually the issue before that. Right there. Oh, this? Yes. Okay. The I love hand. that he does this. The hand. I love that. Yeah. 1164 and 110. Um, 1164 and 110, yeah. Or is it 12? It might be issue 12. No, it's 110. Oh, breaks right. up with 12 him. was when it actually fucking happens. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I love how, he, how he's carried that over. The bloody hand from Omni-Man. Then the bloody hand from Eve. Oh, so yeah. good. That was just like the icing on the cake on, on Conquest. Now, my favorite issues, 77 and 59. Now, I have a hard time deciding these two, but I'm going to... You don't... Do you remember? The numbers mean nothing okay. to me. Okay, 77. This starts with Thrag killing Cecil. Yes. Thrag's on Earth. He just killed Cecil. Cuts to all... The Voltramites killing everyone. Eve, yeah, everybody. Yeah, this was crazy. And then cuts to Mark sitting there with his head up against a ship. This is just after the Voltramite war. He's freaking out because the Voltramites got away and they know they're heading to Earth. Mark cannot catch a break this 
this issue. All he's doing is staring out the window and thinking about how the Voltramites are killing everybody. And as soon as they get to Earth, he takes off. And I just remember loving the juxtaposition, whatever you'd call it, of you know what's going on in his head, what he's expecting to be there. And then he just flies to Earth and gets there and everything's okay. I love that just because from the storytelling point of that, that's amazing. But what might be my favorite issue, single issue, is 59. Do you remember Powerplex? I remember this being a crazy fight, but this was a, uh, if I remember it correctly, this was not a very big deal. It was like a one fight issue. It was kind of a one spot. Yes. This is the first time I feel, it might have been the only time where this entire issue is from the villain's point of view. It starts off and you never see Mark. And it's about a guy whose sister, I believe, was killed in the city when Nolan and Mark fought. And so he's devoted his life. He's like some scientist. He's devoted his life to stopping Invincible. And his wife is like encouraging him and saying, you need to do this for your sister. And he calls out Mark, gets him to come down and just attacks him. But you know, Mark fights back, doesn't really, he's trying to stop the guy, but the guy with his electricity powers overdoes it and actually kills his own yeah. wife. And as we're and flipping son. through it, I'm, I'm remembering oh, it. And, and then it, it was very good. The, the best part is like Mark standing there and he's like, you know, look what you've done. But the end of the issue is, is Mark visiting him in prison and, and Powerplex just saying, I've, I've got the time here to research and, it won't it won't be here i won't be in here forever they're keeping me contained uh but sooner or later someone will mess up a guard will get careless hit me and give me the energy to need to escape i will find you i will kill you and it's just that like badass like and it was just that's very batman to me because i feel like that was was like it is the ultimate like justified villain you know yeah. what I mean? It is that, that because the villain is always right in their mind concept. And right. I love that. And it's so right. on the nose. And and not only that, but even what he says at the end, like what you just quoted, what you just read, him saying, you put me in jail isn't going to do much. I'm going yeah. to get out. Yeah. And that's every Batman villain. And it's just and, very dark. I, I And I, they I left it like that, that way. There was the Viltrumite War where he escaped for like a second. But then, you know, later on, he actually gets drafted um, by Cecil and he's working with the actioneers and there's a whole issue like 20 issues later where um mark's going through this forgiveness period where powerplex freaks out he's trying to like he's like going through rehab but he sees invincible he freaks out he tries to attack him and mark like puts him in his place in like the best way possible and he's like no you did this this was your fault i didn't kill your family you did it and it was so good and powerplex just breaks down one of the best he he's among my favorite villains obviously conquest right. angstrom they're amazing but such a good small he's powerplex is my rexplode like you like that side character like he's awesome but this guy is like small but he's he's just one of my favorites he's he's great so wrapping up here there's a couple more things i want to talk about before we before we finish one of the things was some of the things that's going on on you know, online right now, um, we know that the new issue isn't coming out for another month or so, um, as of this recording, at least. Um, do you know what Ryan Otley is doing? Yes. Well, it's already been released, I believe, or is going to be, he's done with it. 
Yeah, he finished drawing it, I believe. Yes, because he's been talking about how he's working on Invincible right now. Right. Um, he's doing Grizzly Shark. Right. So I think they put the first issue out as the reprint, um, and then he did a couple more issues um, that are going to be released after that. First time he's ever written his own comic book and have his own comic book release, which is really exciting for him. That's cool. Um, did you ever read the first Grizzly Shark? It was in black and white. No, and I shame myself for that for being in for calling myself an Otley fan and not reading it. I'm it I'm was it was only Otley available fan. online and right. it was you know But still yeah. even, even even still I, I But I'm excited I should read it, I'm going to read yeah, it. I'm excited for the single issues. I haven't I mean I haven't picked mine up yet. I gotta get out there. Hopefully um you know, there's some issues left. Um But so there was this five month break. Otley does Grizzly Shark. He's working on Invincible right now. Do you know when he's coming back to Invincible? Did you know that he's not drawing the next few issues of Invincible? No, I didn't know. Cory Walker is coming back. I did know that. We talked about that a little while ago. Did we? Did we talk about that with Bill when we were all here? I don't remember. But Cory Walker is drawing the next few issues. Now, I want to... I feel like I did know that. I feel like it's three issues or so. Now, Ali is working on Invincible, and he has been for... A while according to his tweets and such he's working on something big something big is happening did you see that you saw the image i i texted you the other day right yes the uh the civil war the civil war it's parodying it's it's a parody of civil war is it yeah no it's not it's it's the parody of civil war 2 that's coming out oh They're i haven't really seen civil war yeah II. i know that i haven't seen yeah any, i didn't I haven't seen much of Civil War Two, yeah. But the um, the image, these the uh, embrace the future, celebrate the future, um, that doesn't surprise me. I did think that the text was a little weird. I didn't really get it, but that makes more sense knowing that it's, you know, kind of mocking the Civil War Two image. Right. Um, and my first glance at this artwork, and I was like, oh, Otley. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's not Otley. That's Cory Walker. Look at the faces right. up close. Yeah, you can tell. I'll be honest, I'm, that doesn't excite me. I, I, I appreciate prefer, prefer Corey Walker. I can appreciate him. He's not my favorite. Um, a lot of his stuff looks like um, they're all molded out of clay. It's just that kind of style. Um, and that's okay. You know, it's fine. It gives Otley more time to rock out future issues. But, um, yeah, I think he's actually doing the next few issues. So, um, cool image, though, him with his daughter. What are your thoughts on what he's doing, Otley's doing? I have no idea. You don't have a theory? No, but what did, uh, what did uh, Kirkman say when he tweeted out that image? He said it was the... Um, oh, in, in, in superhero comics, when something 10 years old counts as new, that says a lot. Because the image at the bottom says, choose something new. Invincible 127, like that tagline, choose something new. And, you know, Kirkman saying when something 10 years old counts as new, that says a lot. Um, that's, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, we just got a, not a reboot, but a, a new version of Invincible when he left Earth. Remember that whole, they redid the logo, They it was all about him and his family and living in this new world and stuff like that. And that was the the most different the comic has ever been. The most new it has ever been. And now it's doing it again. It's going to be something new. I mean, 
Is it something new because he has a kid? I don't think that it's necessarily talking about new in the way of of rebooting something or not not I'm not just saying reboot, but I don't think it's going to be drastically new. They're going to continue the story. Oh yeah, of course. And it's it's yeah, I I I think that they're going to continue the story. It's not going to be anything drastic. It's just going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be maybe new characters, maybe mm-hmm. it could have something to do with his daughter. His daughter's going to have powers. Now, you think she's going to have powers? Eventually. Oh, two parents with powers. Eventually. Yeah. I know, but I feel like that's the obvious thing How that he, she doesn't Eve have it yet. When she got her powers. Pretty young, but not actually really young. She was a baby. You're right. She was a baby. She was a baby when she did. I feel like it'd be obvious to be or easy to be like, oh, you know, she'll get powers eventually. But how awesome would it be if Mark comes back and she has powers? You know? Yeah. What if, um, um, what was I going to say? Okay, so theories on Ryan Otley. The first couple issues, Koi Walker's drawing them. We know the cover of the next issue is Eve, like, laughing amongst aliens and Mark in the background, kind of like, you know, I don't belong here. Um, what has changed? Because Eve is enjoying herself amongst aliens, you know, so a lot has changed. She's been there for four years. She's got new friends. She's started a whole new life. She's a mother. What if the next couple issues are just Mark coming to terms with what has happened? On a more, like, on a smaller level. You know, Alan. What's going on with Alan? What's going on with this? Ryan Otley is working his butt off right now to draw another war or another fight. Something big is coming. Something has to happen. Thrag has to be, still be out there. We're not going to come back to this world four years later and be like, oh, yeah, we caught Thrag. Everything's good. So whatever the next threat is, is what I think Ryan Otley is drawing. Possibly. I think that one thing that Mark is going to be dealing with and what I think he should be dealing with is mass amounts of paranoia because of the decision that he made. Oh, and what what's coming? Like what, he knows. Yeah, they said this world is is doomed because of you. Because you made this choice, the world is doomed. That's what the entity said. Yeah. So what does that mean? Is he... What, he's gonna he's gonna be paranoid. The, the Galactus that is coming is what is what Otley's drawing right now. Right. <laughs> he's, he, you think that? I feel like Otley has done done some amazing things though in the past. Like issue ninety nine, I don't think got the attention that it should have gotten. Issue ninety nine, every single page was full page. Yeah, every single yeah. page. Did he take time off for that? He might have because there are might have gotten. I mean, pushed back. Me and you, we. We love Outley's work. Everything he does is amazing. There are times in which there's big breaks. There right. are times when there's big breaks. And they usually come up, like, Viltrumate War, I want to say, was a big break before that. Like, right. usually when there's huge issues coming out, like, art-heavy issues, there's usually a break. Or, like, to give Outley some some time, Cody Walker comes in. And this is what Cody Walker's been doing since he, you know, left the series back in issue 7 or whatever it was, 12 um, is he kind of covers for Otley while he takes more time, you know, whether it's the Flaxon dimension where Otley's only drawing half the issue. Right. Because Walker's drawing the rest. Even Kirkman will say in the, uh, in the, in the newsletter at, at the end answering questions, he'll say, we got it. We're going to be taking a break. We got to give Otley some time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I get that. And that's fine. He right. worked. I mean, the, the, it, but at the same time, 
we just gave him five months and we're giving him an additional three issues. Yeah, I know. He almost, he, yeah. If that's true he and it's invincible based, yeah. it's got to be out. It's got to be insane. I don't, I, my personal opinion is that he's just taking a break. If you think about it, he's constantly well, he did, working. He's a workaholic. He and he did. I mean, he, and I know he does a lot of his own inking and everything. That's what he, he just tweeted out today that he's inking invincible today. Um, I mean, it's, it's like eight months. <laughs> no, maybe not quite. What's he going to need a year for? Like eight months is a long time. Yeah. Excited to see uh, what's coming. Um, especially excited for when Hotley gets back onto it. But excited nonetheless. It's been too long without Invincible. But we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. Um, so that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening. TJ, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Oh, another thing is... We have an email. I actually got the email address for theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com because I wanted to make sure we got like an easy name. So feel free to email at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, whatever you want. Topics. Be a part of the conversation. And um, I actually grabbed uh, the Twitter handle too. Now, The Invincible Podcast is too long of a Twitter name. So if you search The Invincible Podcast, it will come up. But the actual Twitter handle is InvincibleCast. So that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening. Do the thing. Do the thing.